0: Welcome to the Doubles Only Tennis Podcast, where you learn the best doubles strategies to improve your game and win more matches. I'm your host, Will Bocek. This podcast, my website, and my weekly newsletter all focus on the goal of better understanding the sport of doubles and helping players like you improve faster through actionable advice that you can use in your very next match. My goal is to provide the best doubles strategy resources in the world. And to do that, I study, analyze, and work with players at every level of the game, all the way up to the ATP and WTA tours. If you enjoy this podcast, I've created double strategy products that go even deeper if you want to take your doubles knowledge to the next level. At the end of this episode, I'll explain more about them, or if you want to learn more now, go to thetennistribe.com products. Here's today's episode. In this episode I talk with Bob Moran. Bob is the tournament director at the Charleston Open and if you're not familiar the Charleston Open is a WTA 500 event. It's coming up here in April and it is widely regarded as one of the uh, most popular and well-run tournaments on the calendar by both players and fans. So we talk about what Bob and his team have done such a good job of to make Charleston different uh, and so successful over the years. Um, We talk a lot about the fan experience from Charleston, which I'm going to be attending here in a couple of weeks uh, for the first time, so I'm really excited for that. Uh, We talk about the player field, uh, and this is a good conversation to listen to if you're a coach or a community leader as well, because I also ask Bob, What they've done to build up tennis in the Charleston community. So they're working around the clock, 365 days a year, to continue to develop uh, developing tennis around the Charleston community. So they're constantly doing um, tournaments for juniors, ITF tournaments, fundraisers, uh, charity events, um, all sorts of stuff like that. So if you're a community leader, if you're a coach and you're trying to build up tennis in your community, um, Bob is definitely somebody you want to um, kind of look at uh, and listen to for a model of how to do that because they've been really successful there in Charleston. Um, we also talk a little bit about doubles and ask, I ask him uh, how we can make doubles more popular. So enjoy this insightful uh, but brief conversation with Bob Moran. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the show. Today, we have the tournament director for the Charleston Open on Bob Moran. Bob, welcome.
1: Thanks. Well, thanks for having me. I appreciate uh, the opportunity to talk with you today.
0: Yeah, and I know you're super busy uh, with the tournament coming up. So today, uh, for everyone listening, we're recording this on March 18th, and uh, your tournament starts in two weeks here. And I've been telling people this year, um, fans, players, uh, just kind of giving them my calendar for the year, telling them which tournaments I'm going to, and Charleston comes up. And whether it's a player or a fan, their their eyes kind of light up when I say Charleston. They they always seem to um, you know tell me, oh, you're going to love Charleston. That's a great tournament. That's so much fun. Um, so I wanted to start with just a very simple question: What makes Charleston different?
1: Um, you know, I think it's a combination of a couple things, you know, you're coming off Indian Wells in Miami, which are really intense combined two week events, uh, you know, one in the desert and then Miami, the players are heading to now getting started this weekend into next week. And that's, you know, that's a whole different world down there. It's a lot of energy, a lot of, um, a lot of intense yeah. events and things to do. And what, what happens from a player perspective, they get here, they get off the plane and there's just like this deep breath saying kind of I'm home, you know, they, they feel Mm. comfortable here and they can relax a little bit. I think for the fans, you know, it's a combination of a great city, a great venue to watch tennis, see tennis, um, access to players. Um, I I think you get a lot more of that here, uh, than you do most places.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I, I was looking, um, so this will be my first time attending the tournament, uh, And I was looking at the website, clicked on the fan experience page, and you've got um, so much stuff going on on the grounds, it seems like, with the family weekend fan zone. Uh, You've got one of those serve challenge things where they can measure your serve speed, Um, live music, an art gallery, uh, Bloody Mary, Mimosa, coffee bar, (laughs) autograph sessions. Um, So I may cancel my hotel and bring my tent and just stay on the grounds (laughs) the whole time. But talk about, let's say some other people are listening. They're going to come for the first time. Uh, What can they not miss in terms of uh, the grounds and the tournament and then also the city itself?
1: Yeah, you know, the city is about 20 minutes from the site itself. And it's a Mm -hmm. a charming city with unbelievable restaurants and great history. Um, You know, we're obviously on the ocean, so the beaches are great as well. Um, So things to do in town. You know, it's second to none when it comes to that that uh, experience for fans. Um, when they're on site, you know, we spend probably twice the amount of time on what we do outside the lines than we do inside the lines. We really can't control the tennis. We can just mm-hmm. put the best um, experience around the tennis that's possible. And again, that's access. That's the beauty of the site. Um, it's the events that we put on. We bring... We really try and bring the food and beverage experience of Charleston to uh, to the site itself. Um, we want to create an atmosphere where people will spend the day with us. Not, you know, when you when you talk other sports, you're a two or three hour stay and then you're moving on here. We hope you right. stay all day and all night with us. And so it's up to us to create that fun experience, be it live music, be it clinics. If you want to play pickleball, if you want to get out on a court and hit, you can do that here. And that doesn't, that really doesn't happen anywhere else. I was just down in Indian Wells and loved every bit of Indian Wells. It's beautiful. Um, But actually getting a racket in people's hands and letting them play and hit, uh, work with some of our pros, whatever that may be, they can do that here. And I think that adds again to the, the, the experience that people have, which is something that they feel comfortable with and feel at home. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Um, So let's talk a little bit about the player field. So, I know this could change based on Miami if somebody makes a deep run and gets tired or injuries, um, but like I said, uh, this is March 18th, so Miami's starting in two days, and then that's a two-ish week event, and then your tournament is after that. Um, but so far, the field looks really stacked um, with Sabalenka, Pagula, on Jabor, uh, Svitolina returning. Mm-hmm. Um, talk a little bit about the player field, and then also uh, – What it looks like, not only right now, but in particular during the offseason, trying to get a player field together. Because this is something I feel like a lot of listeners probably don't know much about. And I didn't know a whole lot about it until um, Hanlon wrote that piece after he interviewed you a a couple of years ago. Um, So talk a little bit about that uh, as well as this year's field.
1: Yeah, the the field is unbelievably deep. And I'll tell you, that's that's important to us. So as a 500 the majority of 500s in the world are 28 draws with 20 players direct in and then wild cards and qualities. Um, We're bigger. We're 56 draw. We have 42 direct in. And right now we have 40, 42 of the top 70 players in the world are here or will be here. Um, You know, Mm -hmm. hopefully that as you point out uh, happens a lot when Miami has a deep run or a player has a deep run. Um, Sometimes we lose a player or two and can't control that. However, You know, when you start with a really strong field and start with a deep field, that means the field's going to remain pretty true to that. And what we're excited about, we have, you know, five of the top 10 players in the world. But to be 42 of the top 70 at a 500 level event, that's not mandatory, meaning Mm -hmm. the players choose to come here. um, That's really special. But it also means you're going to have a great match starting day one, match one. Uh, You know, we're on Tennis Channel. Match first ball to last ball, Everything's covered. So fans coming or fans watching, there's going to be great matches to see. Um, And you're right. We have to work really hard to recruit a class of players. Um, Mm -hmm. We develop relationships that hopefully last year long. It's not just, you know, coming here and that's the only time we spend with them. Um, We, you know, we keep in touch. If they have a big win, if they have a birthday, they're getting married And lately, if they're having a baby, we make sure we're reaching out and uh, uh, sending them something and just overall keeping in touch with them. And when they're here, we, you know, we're, I would say a different class of tournament when it comes to that interaction. Um, Mm -hmm. I have an executive team that we're picking them up from the airport because we want to have that little time with them when we get them here. Mm -hmm. Um, We're spending time with them when they're here. We throw a Probably I would I'd put our player party up against anybody's because yeah. they uh, the players to a T. Well, the first thing they'll ask me is, OK, what's going on tomorrow night at the player party? Really excited to be there. Yeah. Um, it's those little touches. It's those little things that we continue to do. A player gift every day, a coach's gift every day.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It's just constant touch points that we have to do to continue to build relationships and get that feel that we get every year.
0: Awesome. Yeah. Um, so I want to talk, uh, this is a doubles podcast. So I want to talk doubles a little bit. Um, so, uh, first thing, um, c- can you share the doubles field with us? Or do you have that information yet?
1: Not yet, but I'll tell you this. Okay. All right. Yeah. You're coming for the first time. Yeah. You go to any other tournament, you come here and doubles on any of our courts will be packed. They'll be hanging off the rafters. Yeah. If I put a really good, doubles match on court two or court three, which, you know, that's 2,500 people on court two and, you know, a thousand people on court three, it'll be standing room only. Our folks love doubles. So, um, we really feature doubles as much as we can. Um, I've had some really cool wildcard requests, but I can't say that yet. Okay. Um, but, uh, doubles field, will get secured here in a day or two. Um, And then majority of it, as you know, what really happens with us is everyone shows up on site and is looking at what that cutoff is going to be, and they start trading partners as they go. However right. they can get into the tournament. If, if A player is lower than B player, yeah, but a C player has got a lower ranking, A A's going to dump B to pick up C to make sure they get in the draw. Yeah, So it's really a dash around those last 24 hours to see who's going to make that field up, to be honest.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and it's going to be it's gonna be a super um, exciting field, I'm sure. Uh, and I'll link anyone listening uh, in the show notes to the doubles field because it'll probably be live by the time um, this goes live. Uh, but I did see the past champions. I mean, it's a really unbelievable list. Martina Hingis, Sonia Mirza, uh, Maddox Sands has won it a couple of times. And then you go further back and you have Navratilova, Shriver, even Billie Jean King is on there. Um, I will, I do want to call you out on this real quick. I Uh-oh. did have I did have to go to Wikipedia to find this because on the website under Past Champions, it's just the singles list. We oh, gotta that'll get that'll change. Doubles. That'll change tomorrow. Okay, we gotta get the doubles list on there. I agree. Um <laughs> so um what do the next couple of weeks look like for you? You're you're about two weeks out. Um tell us what's going on over the next couple of weeks.
1: Yeah, so for us, you know, we went through a major renovation last year. Major renovation. So mm-hmm. we, you know, go back to COVID twenty twenty. We were half built out. Had to cancel. Um, mm-hmm. Coming through twenty twenty one, things still weren't clear. Um, so we just did a player only event in twenty twenty one, and at the same time broke ground um, on a renovation, uh, mm-hmm. which was a significant renovation to the player facilities. Um, to the courts, suites, everything. It was a difference maker for us. Um, and so I can honestly say this day, last year, I had no seats. As I'm looking out in my stadium right now, I had no seats at this moment in time last year. So okay. I was sweating it out a little bit until a week before <laughs> when they came. Uh, yeah. This year, we have a lot more time to spend on the grounds. So we're really working on some of the stuff outside. Our goal mm-hmm. always is to be ready, dressed and ready to go a week before Gates open and that last week mm-hmm. really focus on, you know, all the touching, the, the little points, the touch points, the beauty points, everything that we can do in that last week to get it to when doors open on our opening weekend, we're full, full on, ready to go. A lot of mm-hmm. tournaments take that quality qualities weekend for granted. We don't. Mm-hmm. You saw all the things that we do with our family weekend. Um, yeah, you know, we'll have over the weekend probably 10,000 people over here over, uh, over the two days and it's kids, it's families. And we're trying to do anything we can to get a racket in a kid's hand and anything we can do to get new fans out here. So that's what we week, opening weekend is for us. Uh, it's all about really trying to create that atmosphere that gets people to come back throughout the week.
0: Okay. Awesome. Um, so I've got two more questions and then I'll let you go. Um, so you, you talked about getting a racket in kids' hands, the family experience. Um, I was listening a little bit earlier to your conversation from last year with Kamal Murray um, on the Tennis.com man, That's podcast. trouble. That could be
1: trouble for me right now. I remember <laughs> well, I, that interview.
0: <laughs> I didn't get through all of it, but uh, I got through about the first half. So if there's yep. trouble at the end, then I didn't hear that. Okay, but, good. Um, so you talked a lot, or he asked you about just building up the community of Charleston and believing in tennis as a sport to help bring the community together. So I feel like it's it's kind of a different, I don't know, when I was listening to you, I didn't hear like uh, a tournament director who just runs a pro tennis tournament. I felt like I heard a community leader who cares about tennis and like wants to build up tennis uh, in Charleston. Um, so what advice would you give to someone who's listening, whether they're a coach or uh, a community leader or whatever it may be, um, and wants to build up tennis in their uh, particular community? Sure. And,
1: and and it's it's a great question. And I, I appreciate the question because it, it does for us, it starts from ownership on down mm-hmm. uh, the Navarro family that owns our event now. And the two facilities that we operate here are committed to um committed to tennis in this community. So we we have two facilities here. And not only do we run this event, we run a lot of lower level professional events throughout the year. Um mm-hmm. we host the girls, 18s, juniors here. Um it's it's a nonstop. I mean, we literally have hundred K in two weeks after this event at our sister facility, which is maybe a mile and a half from here. Okay. Uh, so it is nonstop. We have a we have a really successful academy here that um, those kids are coming here because they want to go to college or they want to be a professional. Um, Mm -hmm. And so they're here full time with us. We have about in the school itself, about 72 kids and in the program itself, about 250 kids. Um, Mm -hmm. And so for us at the tournament, kids are free all week. We don't Mm -hmm. charge a dollar for any kids, 17 or under. We want them to come. We want them to be out here. Um, It's important to us. and you talk about the year round. We don't just come in here and operate a tournament and leave. My whole team lives here. Uh, we have, a, like I said, two facilities. We have 800 members here at Daniel Island. Uh, like I said, with junior programs, community tennis, you name it, it's going on. Um, so we really try and welcome the community to tennis all week, but it doesn't stop there. It's constant for us. It's something that's important for us to make sure we have our hands on or involved in anything we can, you know, I look at little things like Madison keys started uh, kindness wins and her charitable arm. She's funding Mm -hmm. a tennis court in North Charleston uh, for underserved kids. And we're going to match that donation because she's taken a huge step to try and do something really cool for this community because this community is important to her. So anytime we can get involved in those things, we're going to be involved. Anytime Mm -hmm. we can host events, Again, at the collegiate level, at the lower level, lower level, professional level, ITF level, junior level, we're going to raise our hand um, mm-hmm. because we think it's important. And from top on down, we also believe that the collegiate pathway to professional tennis is really important. Yeah. If you go back and look at a lot of our, our wild cards, we will support an NCAA champion. We'll support a girls 18s champion. Um mm-hmm. You know you're taping this, so by the time this comes around, I believe NCAA number one as we speak is gonna accept the wild card because we offered. Um Liz Hode, who's won Wimbledon Juniors uh in 2022, 17 years old. We're gonna yeah. offer her a wild card.
0: Yeah, just, it's just, just as the important. Dallas keep, area. Yeah, mm-hmm. keep
1: growing the younger players. And when we want to, we want to be a leader in that space. We, we, we feel it's important to to grow us tennis and to your point, community tennis.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Super, super important. Um, okay. So last question for you, uh, you've done a fantastic job with the Charleston open growing tennis in the Charleston area. Uh, how can we make doubles more popular?
1: Yeah, it's a great question because <laughs> you'll see it. It's popular here. And yeah. um it's that's gonna that's gonna take a commitment from events to yeah. do that, right? Um because at some of the bigger events, the singles players play in doubles. Mm-hmm. Um, like Indian Wells. just said Indian
0: Wells. Yeah, I was at the Indian Wells last week, and it, it was like you were saying Charleston is like it's it was standing room only for a lot of the doubles yeah. matches. Um and
1: so, you know, there's got to be a commitment on the on the tournaments level to feature mm-hmm. doubles. There's got to be a commitment on the broadcast level to feature doubles. I mean, mm-hmm. what people, everyone in this in community, they play doubles, men, yeah. women, mix. They all play doubles. That's what our that's where USTA teams are all about. So right, um, they like playing it. They like seeing it. So it's not I, I'll tell you this. I talked to my European counterparts and my Asia Pacific counterparts. They could absolutely care less Yeah, where we in the U S do care.
0: Yeah. Um, that's so I think it, the loses feeling I've steam.
1: Yeah, it loses mm-hmm. steam when it leaves here. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, because they don't feel it's important over there. And I'm not sure what the answer is because no one can give it to me. Yeah. Um, I talked to, like I said, I talked to my partners overseas and, and it just is not important where it's really important to us. You right. Know? I talked to Bethany Maddox-Sands probably once a week about that subject. She's passionate and loves it. Yeah. And she's a big fan of ours. So we always talk about, Hey, how do we do a better job of getting doubles more exposure, but it's got to come from tournaments and broadcast.
0: Yeah. That's, that's, yeah. That's, that's I totally it. agree. Yeah. 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 I was talking to Aaron Routliff about it a couple of weeks ago and she, she was saying that, uh, she felt the same way. Like she didn't know for sure, but she said, I, I think all of our crowds are much bigger in the U S like in Europe, they're just not as big. So it's a very complicated answer, I guess. And uh, it, it is, you know, I did it'll a, take a, time.
1: I did a doubles pro-am or play. I, I hosted a pro-am last year and a lot of our mm-hmm. doubles players, Aaron was one of them that played. And I'll tell you what, all the, all the amateurs quote unquote amateurs that played had an mm-hmm. absolute blast playing doubles with the doubles players. It was was so much fun to watch. And the doubles teams came to me after said, can we do this again tomorrow? (laughs) Yeah. And you know, I'm going to do it again this year. And the it's again, getting that exposure to fans to play with doubles players, be on the court with doubles players. They see the talent level and feel the talent level. Those are little things you can do to grow it.
0: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Awesome. Uh, Bob will, I will let you go. I know you're a busy guy right now. Um, looking forward to the the charleston open for everyone listening uh attend if you can if you can't watch it on uh tennis channel um and uh thanks bob for uh joining us
1: no i really appreciate the time we'll look forward to seeing you on site make sure you find me or i'll find you one way or the oh, other
0: awesome we will do thank you for listening to this week's episode of the doubles only podcast if you're interested in diving deeper into any topics I discuss, I've created double strategy products that allow me to bring you more podcasts and other doubles content without relying on paid ads. I have ebooks and courses that help you make better strategic decisions during matches and become the smartest player on the court. Go to thetennistribe.com products to learn more. You can also join my free weekly double strategy newsletter that includes video lessons and more on our homepage. If you want to connect, you can find me on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, or email me directly, will at vtennistribe.com.